days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast Time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Time to talk about the tale of the tape. 49ers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks coming to Santa Clara for the second straight season. This year, though, it's a different-looking quarterback because last year, it was Tom Terrific. It was the one of the greatest of all time to the quarterback position leading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers into Santa Clara to take on the 49ers. And the 49ers had a young upstart in Brock Purdy making his first career start. And he did not disappoint. Brock Purdy went off. The 49ers absolutely dominated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 49ers put up 35 points on a pretty good defense that Tampa Bay always seems to have. And the 49ers are looking to continue what they just built against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 49ers executed at such a high level. In all three phases, offense, defense, special teams, it was a complete team performance. But uh, you're only as good as the game that you play. So the 49ers need to make sure they keep up what they did in that football game. And they're going to be going against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team who's battling to win the NFC South and potentially have an opportunity to make headway in the playoffs. But uh, they've got to get over the hump of beating some really good football teams that stand in their way, and San Francisco is the next one. And there's going to be plenty of conversation this week about Baker Mayfield and Nick Bosa, uh, all the things that happened when the 49ers played Cleveland in 2019 with the flag waving and all the things that Baker Mayfield did when he was at OU definitely are going to be on display because you have another Buckeye rushing the passer this week as well in Chase Young. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the 49ers go about this game, and it's going to be a fun matchup. This is this episode is all about getting into the numbers, breaking down how each team performs and how each team wins, and that's what we're going to get into. It's numbers. It's basics. We'll get into a little bit of the personnel and how those players add up, uh, but that's a big you know thing that we're doing in this one is just getting into those types of things. The last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So let's get into these. Uh, let's take a look at all the different stats that are going to be coming down the, the bend for the 49ers. I mean, the simplest thing to do uh, when you're looking at two teams is you start with the record. And the San Francisco 49ers just improved to 6-3. and three. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are sitting there at four and five. So Bucks not exactly where they want to be. They've been highly competitive. Their team has played close games. They just haven't won as many as they've lost. So 
they are looking to even this thing out. They're looking to get back to 500 at five and five. Both teams have had their bye. So both teams are on the stretch. They're looking to improve their uh, winning streaks and go ahead and go out there and try to make a huge impact in the season. With the Buccaneers, they're right in the mix of the NFC South. With the 49ers, they're leading the NFC West, but it is by a tiebreaker over the Seattle Seahawks, and they have two big football games coming up against the Seahawks in the next four weeks. So the 49ers go Tampa Bay, Phil, uh, Tampa Bay, Seattle, Philadelphia, Seattle. So 49ers need to make sure they win as many football games as they can, and this is going to be a tough one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Points per game. 49ers, you can see 28 points per game. And, of course, that number had fallen off. They had a three-game stretch where they only scored 17 points per game. Cleveland, Minnesota, and Cincinnati, they had 17 points in each one of those matchups. In those matchups, they were missing a healthy Debo Samuel. They didn't have a healthy Trent Williams. Now both of those players are back, and 49ers score over 30 points again. So uh, 49ers offense appeared back and better than ever against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but you got to make sure you build on that performance. It was definitely nice for Debo and Trent to be back. That helped spread out the 49ers offense and it created extra space for their playmakers to make plays, and they did. They were very eclectic with how they got rid of the football. They got the ball to Kyle Juszczyk, to George Kittle, to Brandon Ayuk, uh, to Debo Samuel. They all had touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey still had 150 Yards complete from scrimmage. So you got a very, very good, talented football team, and they were using every single element that Kyle Shanahan had in his playbook to get those guys a football in space where they could create. And then the offensive line held up pretty good as well. So that is that is good news when you're talking 40 Niners as far as points per game. You see Tampa Bay, 19.8 points per game. So just a shade under 20. Uh, that is more than what they give up. So that's how they're winning football games. 20 is nothing uh, you know, that you have to be completely nervous about as a defense, but it's also pretty good as an offense. It's kind of in that middle ground. Last week, Jacksonville averaged just over 24 points a game, so I could give you an idea where the Bucs are. Uh, but the 49ers lost to a team that averaged a, this almost exact number in the Cleveland Browns. Now, I'm not sure Tampa Bay's defense is as good as Cleveland, but they are a pretty good defense. Offensive yards per game, the 49ers, 383, inching back up closer to that 400 mark. Uh, that's where you want to be as an offense. You want to make sure you get yards. Of course, yards are not the most important thing. I mean, I think ground yardage is. There's other things that are more pivotal, including third down conversion rate, uh, red zone efficiency. Those things are important. Uh, turnovers are more important. But it gives you kind of a glimpse of how effective an offense is when, as far as moving the football. And you have to be able to move the football consistently to keep your defense off the field, keep them fresh, and wear down the opposing defense. So 383 yards closer to where the 49ers want to be. You see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sitting there at 306, and it's not bad. I'm really interested to see how it breaks down here as we get to rush yardage. And I think this is a typo there. Uh, because the 40 yards do give up, or the 40 yards do get 134 yards per game on the ground, but the Buccaneers have 78 yards per game on the ground. I added a one. Uh, that would have been number one in the league. So apologies for that. The graphic is a little off there. Uh, Buccaneers do not get 178 yards per game on the ground. They get 78. 
And the 49ers just give up, you know, not too much over 78 yards per game on defense. So the Buccaneers struggle with the running game. And we know the 49ers like to make teams one-dimensional. So the Buccaneers are going to have to establish a run game against this 49ers defense, or they're going to be able to pin their ears back and get after Baker Mayfield. And Mayfield needs a little bit of time to get his get the ball down the field to some of his playmakers, uh, you know, like Mike Evans, that he's going to want to get the ball to. A tight end like Kate Otten, they, they can only be open and available if you have time. And if you can't establish a run game against this 49ers defense, that might be difficult. And for the 49ers, 134 yards on the ground, they need to make sure they continue in that trend. Last week, it was 144 yards on the ground, and it was a lot of people making plays. McCaffrey, 16 carries for 96 yards. Debo Samuel threw in about 29 yards on the ground. And you've seen Elijah Mitchell get a little bit as well. But that number needs to be close to 150. That's when they're balanced. That's when they're effective. That's when their defense is rested. And that's when the offense is doing the most to help their defense be the best that they can be. So that is what the 49ers are trending towards again. Debo comes back. All of a sudden, there's extra lanes. There's more spacing in the running game. Trent, you're able to run behind him again. You find effectiveness on the outside with reverses. There was a lot to like about the 49ers run game. Now, that's going to be tough sledding against a Tampa Bay defense. And we'll talk about that when we talk about the defense's effectiveness later on. But they got some talented players over there and run stoppers like Vita Vea that can make it more difficult. And remember last year when the 49ers played Tampa Bay in that matchup, Vita Vea got hurt early in the first series and was out of the game. And that definitely helped the 49ers be able to establish a running game against that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. As far as pass yards, uh, pretty close, about 20 yards per game separate the two 49ers at 248, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 228. So really close between the two as far as margin. Uh, both quarterbacks have had pretty good seasons, and I think you can see that reflected in their total pass numbers. Uh, but for the 49ers, you know, you want to be able to throw for about 250 yards per game and run for 150 yards per game. That's the 400 yards you're looking for per game as an offense, and that's when you're going to find great balance. When you have 250 to 150 as far as pass-to-run ratio, that is a great number to have. Now, if it fluctuates a game to game, you know, pass yards or rush yards, maybe you have an, more of an explosion on the run game. You don't really worry about that. So that shows that balance of the 49ers attack on offense. And as far as Tampa Bay, they're not really getting it done on the ground consistently. So a lot of it's on Baker Mayfield and these weapons for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they have to be able to execute consistently. And I think you're seeing that, you know, they have been effective throwing the football not as effective as they would like. Uh, so that number, they want to go up as the season progresses. But what they'd really like is to be able to establish a running game and then be able to do some things off of that running game. But uh, Baker Mayfield's been doing pretty good this season as far as making sure that the numbers are up there and they can go ahead and execute. So let's take a look at the quarterback comparison. I put it over here in the Tron. And you see we got Brock Purdy and Baker Mayfield. Uh, Purdy at 68.8% completion percentage. His number actually rose in this game. He had another really, really great game. He did not turn over the football against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he's going to have to be good with the football again against the Buccaneers. They do create turnovers. I can't wait to talk about the turnover numbers because both these teams are good at creating turnovers and good at taking care of the football. Baker Mayfield, 64.6% completion percentage. So that's not bad. I mean, he would like to get this up a little bit, but 
around 65% is pretty accurate with the ball. Baker's having himself a really good season. Yards per game, or I'm sorry, yards on the season, Brock Purdy, 23-29 to Baker Mayfield's 21-43. So both of these guys over 2,000 yards, both of them effective in the passing game. Nothing crazy, right? Not the elite quarterback numbers, but very efficient and making sure that they take care of the football and helping their football team. Touchdowns, 15 touchdowns for Brock Purdy, 14 for Baker Mayfield, almost a wash. Interceptions, five each. So Baker doing a good job of taking care of the ball. And that always helps your football team win. And when you have a defense like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's going to keep you in a lot of games. So uh, you could see as far as complete, as far as completion percentage, Brock has the advantage, but as far as, you know, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, pretty equal sacks. Both of them have been sacked 16 times. Pretty interesting how the numbers are pretty well reflected that both players are, are playing pretty well, but yet you have one quarterback who's on a team that's six and three and one that's on a team that's four and five. So Baker Mayfield's having a good season. He's not somebody that you can just ignore in this matchup. You can't just sit back and be like, oh, it's Baker. He's going to make a mistake. It's Baker. He can't get it done. He's proven this year that he's playing some of the best football of his career, and he's got the capabilities with the weapons he's got around him to be able to make some plays. Now, it's going to be difficult because you don't line up in all these games against defenses like the 49ers, uh, but it shows that he's got the ability. And you have to respect that ability. Now, you want to go out there and you want to make sure that he doesn't have success and you want to make sure he looks like the old Baker Mayfield, uh, but you have to give him the respect and then put him into that position. So uh, quarterback rating Brock Purdy, the number one quarterback rating in the entire NFL at 109.9, uh, and Baker Mayfield 93.7. Interesting enough, same exact number that Trevor Lawrence was heading into the game last week against the San Francisco 49 or so uh, pretty equivalent as far as quarterback rating numbers pretty good for Baker Mayfield not quite as good as Brock Purdy uh, but still a good number for Baker and this uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense so let's go ahead and let's look at the third down efficiency rates this is one that's always super important as far as in my book and you see that the 49ers uh, third down conversion rate is a 44.8 it actually fell about two percentage points last week. It was over 46%, but they were four of 12 in that game against Jacksonville. You wouldn't have known it the way the 49ers were executing in that game, the way that they were able to get points and score, you know, 34 points. Uh, you would think that the 49ers would have executed at just the highest of levels. They, they didn't on third down. It was four of 12. So 30% brought this rate down. And when you look at the Buccaneers, they're pretty close to the league. Uh, average as far as, I'm sorry, middle of the league as far as 39.5%. So uh, Buccaneers convert on third down pretty well. So you have two offenses that can normally operate on third down at a high rate. We know the 49ers defense wants to get off the field on third down. So do the Buccaneers. But this has been something the 49ers have been working on on defense. So third down efficiency is going to be very important in this game. You can keep your offense on the field. You're going to have the opportunity to wear down the opposing defense and that's what it's going to be about in this game. I don't think it's going to be a game that's uh, for the week at heart. I think it's going to be a tough game, a battle, especially in the front sevens. So let's take a look. Third down conversion percentage allowed. 49ers number dropped. It was over 40% last week before they played Jacksonville. Then they held Jacksonville to 4 of 12, the same number that they did on offense. They held Jacksonville too, so that's 30%. 
and you see that the number came down from 40.6 to 39.2. 49ers want to get this third down conversion percentage as far as defense. Uh, you want to get it down to about 35%. So they're working that way. They were very, very good and aggressive on third down in the game against Jacksonville, and it could be a trend where the 49ers are going to look uh, to, to be even better here in this situation. Now that's about the average or about where um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers convert. So it's going to be close to a battle. 49ers want to keep them under 40%, but I think if they could keep them to 35%, they'd be really happy about not allowing Tampa Bay to continue drives and getting off the field on third down. You look at the Buccaneers. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Their defense, third down conversion percentage allowed, 47.2. That's worse than the NFL. Uh, that That's the, one of the weaknesses I found with this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was they just can't get off the field on third down consistently. 47.2 is not good. So the 49ers, as long as they can keep on schedule, should be able to convert on some of these third downs as far as on offense. 49ers convert at 44.8, almost 45%. And the Buccaneers give it up on defense at 47.2. You would think that would be an advantage for the 49ers as far as third down effectiveness. A lot of that's going to come down to staying on schedule, being able to get Positive yardage on first and second down. No more of those penalties that move you back. 49ers drives have been getting killed by offsides penalties, holding penalties. Those types of things cannot happen. And if you limit those, you're going to be able to convert on third down against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. That means long drives, means keeping your defense off the field, and that's what you want to do. Now, Tampa Bay, they know this is the strength of the 49ers. They're going to have to Make sure they try to get off the field on third down. As far as offensively, uh, they're going to have to continue drives or this game thing could snowball out of control. We've seen it happen in Pittsburgh. Well, we've seen it happen with the Dallas Cowboys. It happened this last week with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Once the 49ers get rolling and they're getting nice chunk plays on first and second down, pretty soon sometimes they don't even face a third down. So you don't have opportunities to get off the field. So that's going to be huge for both the defenses is getting off the field on third down let's talk points per game the 49ers uh give up 15.9 points per game that's tied for second in the nfl right now uh the number one team of course is the baltimore ravens they're giving up 15.7 points per game the san francisco 49ers are tied with the kansas city chiefs at 15.9 Four yards scoring defense has been great this year even in their losses they never really got blown up uh, the Cincinnati Bengals had the most effectiveness against the 49ers in, in that week nine matchup or week eight matchup. So the 49ers are going to have to make sure they keep this down. But you see, they've got an opportunity to always hold teams down. If they can hold teams, you know, below 17 points, you have to feel with their offense averaging 28, they have a really good chance to win every single game that they're in. You look over at Tampa Bay, though, their defense is playing pretty well. 19.2 points per game. That's a pretty effective. We've seen other teams come in with this exact number. The Jacksonville Jaguars were giving up just over 19 points per game. The Cleveland Browns, when the 49ers played them, 
uh, were giving up just over 19 points per game. So you see that there isn't some equivalence there to good defensive play by being a good uh, defense against scoring. And this is these are two of the better ones in the league. The 49ers, though, top three. Uh, Tampa Bay, a little bit more middle of the road. But you can see that four-point difference is huge. Let's talk defensive yards per game. 49ers allow 304 yards per game. Uh, that's a pretty good number. You see that Tampa Bay gives up 354. So you get an idea of how these defenses play uh, yards per game. 49ers would like to get that below 300, but um, still a pretty good number. At Tampa Bay, 350. Uh, they give up a little bit more yardage than they would like to. Let's talk about defensive pass yards per game. 49ers pass defense hasn't been as good as it was early on in the season. Of course, it did bounce back this week against Jacksonville. The pass rush got there. The secondary was making plays down the field. Everything was looking good for the defensive pass game this week. They played a lot better. Of course, when you get shelled in a couple of matchups, it skews your number a little bit because a couple of guys, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota and Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, went off on the San Francisco 49ers defense and were very effective through the air, both quarterbacks over 400 yards throwing. So that will elevate your overall total big time. You look over on the other side, and you see the pass yards 266. So Tampa Bay's uh, passing defense hasn't been great this year. Uh, that is more than the average of the 49ers on offense. So the 49ers normally get 248 yards through the air, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers give up 266. So you can see a weakness of the Tampa Bay defense is definitely in the pass defense game. 49ers, as far as pass yards per game, pretty close to the average of Tampa Bay's yards per game. If they can hold them to that, you would think they have an opportunity to make some impact plays. Now, defensive rush yards per game. Uh, 49ers give up 83 yards on the ground per game. Of course, Tampa Bay only gets about 79 yards uh, per game on the ground. So 49ers definitely are going to be looking to stop the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run game led by Rashad White. And if they can get that run game slowed down or even stopped and make them one-dimensional, last week 59 yards rushing for Jacksonville. And Jacksonville had been a pretty decent rushing team uh, with Travis Etienne averaging 112 yards. So the 49ers defense came out. They set the edge. They were uh, really good in the run game. So the Buccaneers, they're going to have to establish a run game on offense. And then on defense, they need to slow down Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Elijah Mitchell in this creative run game that Kyle Shannon and Chris Furster have been coming up with. They came back to the misdirection. They came back to the motion. They came back to the reverses. All those things were very evident and clear. They were going to take advantage of Jacksonville's eagerness to stop the run. So Tampa Bay, they've got some advantages to their game, and one of those is Vita Vea. Uh, Vita Vea is spectacular playing that nose tackle position. Uh, they also got good linebackers, Devin White, Levante David. Uh, those guys will be good helping. And then they're going to be able to set the edge a little bit uh, with you know Shaq uh, Barrett. So They've got some guys that can help in the run game. They've been efficient this year in slowing down opposing teams' run game. 49ers, though, they, they prove to be very difficult to stop. So I'm curious how Tampa Bay tries to figure out how to slow down the San Francisco 49ers' run game because it's so multiple in its looks. The 49ers have been facing a lot of eight-man boxes, single high safety looks, and they've been loading it up. 
And with Debo Samuels not on the field, that has been effective. It worked in Cleveland, it worked in Minnesota, and it worked against the Cincinnati Bengals. And it worked in those games because Debo didn't play. Cleveland, he got hurt in the very first series on the very first play. And since then, they knew they didn't have to worry about him. The problem is when Debo's out there, defenses have to account for him. When he's out in out wide, he's out in the slot, he's in the backfield, he moves around, he gets everyone's eyes. And if you don't respect him and you play a half man behind, you hesitate for a second, Debo House calls you. And if you do respect it, it opens up somebody else in another area, whether that is a extra lane for Christian McCaffrey to run the football or it's a horizontal stretch that provides area for you to be able to run or throw the football down the field. So Debo does a lot with and without the ball, and that should make it a little bit easier for the San Francisco 49ers to be able to run the football against Tampa Bay. But it's going to be a test. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers rush defense is pretty, pretty good. So we'll see how that goes off. Let's talk turnovers. Turnovers are always big for me. Um, I think turnovers are one of the most important things you know, to monitor because when you're looking at the turnover margin uh, for different teams, you find out real quick how, you know, how good teams are as far as not just getting off the field on third down. I think that's very uh, the, the best way, but also turnovers are game-changing situations. So first off, let's look at what they do on offense as far as giveaways. The San Francisco 49ers have nine turnovers this season. Of course, five interceptions by Brock Purdy. Uh, Brock Purdy's also lost a couple of fumbles as well. So it was, I know it was five interceptions, two fumbles by Brock Purdy, and two fumbles by Christian McCaffrey. That is the total nine for the San Francisco 49ers. On the other side of the Baker Mayfield, he has five interceptions as well, and they have four other turnovers. So I'm sorry, three other turnovers. They've done a really good job of taking care of the football. Both of these teams have made it through nine games and have limited, I mean, Tampa Bay's case, less than one turnover per game. That's a great ratio. 49ers add one turnover per game. They'd like to get that down a little bit. But still, the fact that these two teams aren't into double digits at the halfway point of the season has to say a lot about what they're doing to take care of the football. And I think that's very evident and clear. And that's why you see some wins between the two of them. You would expect Tampa Bay with the way that they're playing as far as taking care of the football, that they would have more wins. But uh, there's other reasons for that. You've seen the defensive pass yards. That's a little bit of a problem for them. That's something they got to work on. They can't stop teams on third down. That's a little bit of a problem for them. So there's some areas that they need to tighten up that if they figure it out, they could definitely be a team that gets to the playoffs. They got talented players. They've got good players. Uh, but those weaknesses are exactly what the 49ers are going to try to attack. Uh, getting some turnovers would be great for the 49ers in this game. So let's talk about takeaways. 49ers have 17 takeaways, four takeaways against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was big time. Fred Warner interception, Tawanoa Hufanga interception, Ambry Thomas fumble recovery, Nick Bosa strip sack. That was the four turnovers. 49ers pestered Trevor Lawrence the entire game. They fought for every single yard, and they made them earn everything. And when they when all was said and done, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who averaged 24 points per game, could only muster three costly turnovers. So you see both of these teams take away the football. Jacksonville last week was coming in as they had caused 18 turnovers on the season. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you're not going to be good on third down, you have to force turnovers. 
that's exactly what they've done. So uh, that's how they've made their bread this season and getting short fields for their offense. And that's a winning situation for them. So for you to make sure they take care of the football like they did against Jacksonville. If that is the case, it's going to be hard for the Buccaneers to get off the field on third down. You got to feel like the 49ers could have some long drives that end up benefiting their football team in a big way. So let's talk about turnover differential. It's even. It's absolutely even between these two squads. Uh, eight and eight. So the 49ers, of course, have one more giveaway than the Buccaneers, and it just evens out. And the 49ers and, and Bucks, it's going to come down to that in this game. You know, we always talk every single week about the most important things heading into a football game, and usually turnover differential is huge. The team that wins the turnover battle wins the game. Here you've got two teams that are good at causing turnovers. They're good at protecting the football, and now you can see it. So whoever wins the turnover battle will have a distinct advantage. The other thing is making sure you're effective on third down if you're off on offense and if you're on defense getting off the field. 49ers have an advantage in that area. 49ers are better on third down as far as converting on offense compared to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Bucs aren't bad on offense converting on third down. Just the 49ers are one of the top 10 teams in the league converting on third down. As far as stopping uh, teams on third down, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the worst, over 47%. That is going to be a big struggle for them. 49ers convert pretty high. And 49ers defense is getting better and better on third down, 39%. Pretty good, you know, uh, stopping teams on third down. It needs to get closer to 35%. If they're going to be a team of destiny and win the Super Bowl, you have to make sure you are very effective on third down. Get off the field. Get your offense, the football back. Get some rest. That is the way that you're going to win. And then, of course, time of possession is always important. Well, one of the only ways you can win time of possession is by converting on third down. You're going to face them. So you have to make sure you continue to convert. And both of these teams have been good and bad on time of possession. The games they've won, they usually win time of possession. The games they've lost, uh, they've normally lost time of possession. So those are always huge keys in these football games is who's going to win those matchups in those you know certain areas. And that's exactly what you have to do. And it comes down to, of course, more than just the numbers. It comes down to some of the personnel matchups as well. And there's going to be some big personnel matchups in this game. I'm excited to get into it because, you know, I mentioned a little bit about uh, Nick Bosa and and Chase Young getting after Baker Mayfield. But, you know, there's battles between like Christian Wirfs and these edge rushers. There's going to be battles between uh, Joe Tryon and Shaq Barrett against whoever's playing right tackle. We're not sure right now. Colton McKivitz is dealing with an ankle and a knee. And there is an opportunity there that are potential that he doesn't play. And if he doesn't play, uh, that means you're going to get a different right tackle. Will that be Jalen Moore? Potentially. Will that be Matt Pryor? Potentially. We'll see. And I think that's going to be something to monitor because uh, Colton McKivitz gave up four pressures last week. It wasn't his greatest game, but if he was dealing with an injury, that would make some sense why he was struggling a little bit in that game. Now, he has been struggling this year. It hasn't been a clean sheet for Colton McKivitz, that's sure. But that could play a big role in this game. And there's other ones as well. I mean, here comes Tampa Bay with a pretty good wide receiver room. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, Trey Palmer. And I talked a little bit earlier about Kate Otten. He was one of my favorites coming out of the draft a couple years ago. So uh, they've got weapons. The 49ers have made a little bit of an adjustment in the secondary. 
They went to Diamond Lenore in the nickel. Ambry Thomas is going to play outside. Is that stay this week? You got a little bit of a different style of wide receiver that you're going to be putting in the slot. Of course, they could always go, you know, with some other guys, but uh, you know, Godwin and Evans are bigger receivers. Uh, do you go ahead and, and move Lenore inside still? Or do you go to Isaiah Oliver? Is it big nickel time? I'm curious what actually happens when the 49ers go out there and decide what their um, secondary unit is going to look like under Steve Wilkes. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, all that this week, I'm going to go through all the offensive matchups the 49ers need to win. The defensive matchups are going to be available on here on YouTube. Like and subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss a single episode that comes out. Listening on audio platform, 40 yards cut back on Believe. Episodes coming out daily on Believe. So make sure you check those out. Give me a rating. Um, I, I really appreciate all that. And, of course, tomorrow I'll be on the PSF app with Mark Adams. We're going to be going through a little bit of the hangover and talking about what happened with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Such a great game for the 40 yards, and we just want to talk about that a little bit more. Then we're going to turn our attention to the ja or to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and this big game. So I hope you guys all join me for all of that. Uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, all the film breakdowns available over on Patreon and Hill Show available over on Patreon. Go check those out. You guys truly are the best. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Of course, this episode brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. But I'll see you guys next time. Until then, stay safe. Remember, the right way is always the 49ers way.